I'm CJ Helbard, and welcome to the Tempest Bay podcast, a diary about creating things in an increasingly mad world. Tempest Bay is a small town on the wild coast of New Zealand. It has charming cottages on the beach, quirky townsfolk, quaint old traditions that have survived the onslaught of technology. It also has a dark history going back to the days when whaling ships ploughed the great ocean. There are secrets buried deep in our basements, rituals we don't ever talk about, and on pitch black nights when the mist rolls in off the sea, we each feel something scratching at the walls of our mind. Tempest Bay is a fictional place where love meets Lovecraft, a place to make stories about being human in this mad, mad world. As we build Tempest Bay at projecttempest.net, this podcast is where we have conversations as creators about what's on our mind. Thank you for being part of this journey with us. Welcome to our next update. It's December 2020. We're finally near the next book. This is a, a celebratory occasion, i got to tell you. So, obviously 2020 has been a mad year. It's been an especial challenge for me just getting writing work to the finishing line. Even after the lockdown here in New Zealand, I mean, things are back to normal for now. But it's been a challenge getting through this thing. So the next Project Tempest book, it's another novella. It's probably kicking it at around 30,000 words, which is longer than any of the ones we've done so far. And it's been a long time this year in what I call the tangle. And the tangle is something that I think is pretty familiar to anyone who's jumped into any creative work or field. The tangle is really just when you're too far from shore to remember what the hell you were thinking when you started this. And you're too far from the other shore to see the finish line and be getting there. You're, you're floating around, you're dog paddling. All of the initial impetus and enthusiasm and clarity you had when you jumped into something is gone. But you've got no idea if you can actually get this thing through. This tangle has been going on for a while. And about a week ago, just pushing through, grinding away, a lot of the stuff around the new piece started to resolve there is a finishing line i can see it the structure has emerged so this is a very good feeling right now we are we are on the home stretch and again probably familiar territory in in almost any field where you have to make things especially where you have to make things from scratch i think that sense of getting lost is is an almost universal aspect of trying to navigate that territory but that exact thing learning to walk those trails and get a little lost and actually be kind of comfortable staying there for a while it's something i'm very interested in i worked a long time ago with a creative director who used to basically say that if you're in a large organization the risk profile is so brutal that they try and avoid uncertainty as much as possible and they they sort of chug through it really fast using a combination of process and just kind of pushing forward but he would say that that's one of the core reasons why so much corporate art corporate entertainment corporate problem solving is so bland and limited because they're not allowing themselves to get that lost if you're a strange individual 
with no shareholder mandate, you can wander a while. You can get lost, get creatively tangled, not really have any idea if it's going to work out. But if you can stay there long enough, you might learn to navigate these irrational, terrifying spaces a bit better. And, and that is extremely interesting to me. Project Tempest itself is kind of about that, which is lucky. So we are, we are eating our own dog food, living our own process here. But anyway, the next novella is hopefully coming out very soon, before the end of the year. There's a bunch of stuff coming out with it, including another podcast. You look out for it all at projecttempest.net. That's projecttempest.net. We are nearly there. So the last podcast, we had a great response to the Ed McRae show. Ed McRae was an excellent Kiwi author, narrative designer. He came on. We had a great long conversation about all sorts of things. Stephen King, childhood influences, the pathways of professional writing. And then we got even further into some of our feelings about what you might call the New Zealand literary establishment and how for us it's really not a relevant factor in our thinking or what we're trying to do as sort of story makers in the 21st century. And I really enjoyed that conversation with Ed, and I think a bunch of you did as well, because it sparked some interesting, sometimes passionate correspondence. And I very much appreciated that. There are a lot of opinions and feelings around the idea of these kind of institutional structures to do with stories of all kinds in New Zealand, but everywhere. So thank you to everyone who jumped in on that one. We're planning more long-form conversations um, with basically just interesting people over the next while. We have several awesome creators lined up. If you'd like to talk about coming on, especially if you're a creator of games, movies, books, really if you've just got a perspective on the things we talk about here and you can hold a conversation, there's a link in the show notes for how to get hold of us. And thanks. Now, this is a pretty short update today, and I just want to check in, and I largely wanted to celebrate the fact that we're finally out of the tangle on the book. But something else I've been reading and experiencing, which we try to bring into these shows, there's this great book. It's called Last Stand, George Bird Grinnell and the Battle to Save the Buffalo. And it's by a guy called Michael Punk, who wrote The Revenant, which is the film with Leonardo DiCaprio, where he's a mountain man who's off on a, on a fur trapping expedition and he gets mauled by the bear. That one. And this is a non-fiction book. This, this one, Last Stand. And it's all about the absolute devastation of the American buffalo herds in the late 19th century and the conservation movements that gathered steam in, in the wake of that, especially the creation of Yellowstone National Park. So this was fascinating to me. I, I didn't know any of this stuff. So in the 1870s, there are tens of millions of buffalo roaming the western United States in two massive herds. And the railroad opens up these areas to commercial, um, sorry, to commercial buffalo hunting, mostly for the hides, not really for the meat as much. And what gets unleashed on these giant herds is this absolute orgy of wasteful slaying, practically an alternative gold rush. You got on the train with your gear, with your team, you got as close to the herds as you could, and then you just started massacring them. And because the trains could transport the hides back to the commercial centers fast enough, 
you didn't have to really sling them up on some kind of pack horse this is what really fueled the, the massive expansion in what was going on so 1870s there are tens of millions of buffalo by the mid 1880s buffalo are on the edge of extinction the herds these magnificent massive endless herds that used to roam the plains have practically vanished within 10 years and really within five because there was a, a series of peak buffalo hunting seasons that did most of the damage this resource that seemed absolutely infinite is gone and so a group of people stepped forward and they pushed through the extremely messy extremely human process of trying to do something about that both in terms of legislation and politics but also actually on the ground in reality especially to do with getting Yellowstone Park up and running the US federal government created Yellowstone Park but essentially released no funds for years to actually run it in any way so poachers just completely ignored the boundaries and did as they pleased and there were many other complications like that on this path to um, bringing what what was probably the, the the modern conservation movement into into its current form now I found this a fascinating story it really is filled with all sides of humanity it's idealistic in some ways about the old west and the nature it contained realistic about the ways and means and mindsets of the time especially to do with public management it has little moments where you smack your head at people at us and you wonder how do we ever get anything done now I, I spent time in government service and so much of this was so familiar to me um, in, in, in good and bad ways very well-intentioned people trying to get things done through political process and get results done on the ground and just what a tangle of soup that can be but beyond that and beyond what was a very well-told tale about the buffalo and about these people who ended up trying to conserve the buffalo herds there was one aspect in particular that really stuck with me and it's really relevant to our thing here project tempest tempest bay our little imaginary town and this is the idea that right up until the buffalo nearly vanished they were mostly seen inherently as an infinite resource to the point where most people didn't think to measure them buffalo were just there they were like the sky or the earth or trees or clouds they were a resource that would keep on giving forever or at least until the next buffalo season which was all that really mattered and that conservationist thinking while it definitely existed and was gaining steam was not the norm at all it wasn't a way that people saw the world now that's a familiar story to us here now surrounded as we are by climate change pollution all the ills of the world resource depletion all these issues but it also lies at the heart of project tempest of all these weird stories set in this small creepy town on the coast of new zealand because in project tempest imagination itself is an environmental resource we never talk about this in the stories itself but it's there in the background imagination exists like a natural system like the weather 
something that's outside ourselves but that our minds tap into and are affected by. And like a weather system, imagination is joined up and vulnerable. You think about it, even now, we don't really see a lot of serious attempts to measure our collective imagination. Not in the same way you do with carbon or plastics or animal populations or lots of other things that are known to be essentially limited resources. We treat imagination and emotions and even creativity as an infinite resource that we just keep on burning through. We don't necessarily treat these things as a shared environment that can be affected in the same way that natural ecologies can. Well, Project Tempest takes a different view. And reading this excellent book about the buffalo, it really connected me back to that. I especially enjoyed it. It was a very, very good read. I highly recommend this book, and there's a link to it in the show notes. Anyway, that's me for this update. Thank you for checking in. We seem to be growing our audience numbers with every episode. Thank you so much. Um, so please, if you have any comments or thoughts, please feel free to write in. There's a link in the show notes. And you can find everything at projecttempest.net. That's projecttempest.net. Um, more very soon on the next book. And I hope you're getting the chance to connect with family or loved ones in some way over this next holiday season. It's always the most important thing. Thank you very much. Tempest Bay wouldn't be possible without the amazing support of everyone involved, including you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and consider leaving a review. This helps us out a lot. For more, please go to projecttempest.net for access to the videos, art, podcast, award-winning stories, and much more. That's projecttempest.net. See you next time in Tempest Bay. Tempest Bay.